From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 247. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Mac Weldon. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined, as always, by the one and only, the wonderful, the man with the plan, Mr. Brad Dowdy. I was I was actually about to I was thinking I should put you on the spot. I was like, I need to title this this episode, Mike, and uh, you actually came through without me even saying anything. I felt it was feeling uh, like our pre-show conversation felt like it was leading into this. So, uh good job by you. We are sympathetic on me and you. Yes. You know, we you are. wanted it and I just give it to you. That's how it works. That's how <laughs> yes, we're up to nearly 250 episodes. 3 weeks we're at 250. That's just crazy. Astonishing. Yeah. There's nothing. We're not going to do anything for that because, like, <laughs> that was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> we're not going to do anything. Uh, it's just going to be a regular episode because, like, three weeks after that, we're doing a live show. So, like, don't expect fireworks for episode two fifty. Yeah. Even though, like, I know that every fifty of them, it seems more and more important, but two fifty mm-hmm. seems like an incredible achievement. That's but we'll number. talk about that, I'm sure, over the next couple of yeah. weeks, and then two fifty will come and go. Yeah, I might get squeeze out a tear or two. We'll see. Yeah, we could do see that. What we can come up with. We could do that. We <laughs> gotta cry every fifty episodes. Yeah, we're really good at that. <laughs> My field notes no. came in, Brad. Yeah, so tell me all about them, Mike. All right, so I mean, I don't even know how to talk about this now. <laughs> right, I, I feel the same way. Like, I don't even want to talk about this, to be perfectly honest. But let's—I think we should because and we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up. I feel damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right with it. So okay, the corners of my books are like frayed a little bit they're not split but they've got like if i run my finger down the spine i can feel the edges like the very corners right Mm -hmm. i don't know if i would have noticed this if i wouldn't have been expecting it exactly because honestly right look i don't care about this like if if my cover was split all the way down the side as you said that some people's are i would be Mm -hmm. annoyed about this yes but I'm like, it's just a little bit of fraying at the edges, which would happen to me after like three days of using the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get like, if, if you want your, if you want perfection from your notebooks and you're not happy with them, then return them. But like, right. for me, this is perfectly fine. Like, you know, you can take it that what you want, right? You know, you can either right. believe me or not believe me. <laughs> but I don't care about this. Uh, right. I say there is a little fraying. It shows way more on the bottom because you see the yellow coming through the black. Right. But that's just how it is. Like I don't, you know, th- they look fine. This mm-hmm. edition in general is is not going to be a favorite of mine. Like yeah. I think it's fine. It's solid. Like I don't have any ill feelings towards it. But I I'm not going to put this in my top ten. It is a nice edition, and if you want ledger, then you're going to be very happy, right? Because they don't do that very often. Uh, right. I don't like ledger. But I said to Adina yesterday, I was like, I got these. She freaked out. She was so mm. excited about them because she's like, oh, I can make to-do lists. Yes. I'm like, great, go crazy with them. I don't want them. Yeah, the ledger's super handy. She also, more than anyone I've ever known, freaking loves the pencils and pens, the field notes ones. Like, <laughs> she has access to whatever she could want, right, in this <laughs> office. Like She right? uses a, a Twisby Eco by day, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she freaking loves the ballpoint pens. Yeah, I don't know why, but they are great because they're so simple and reliable. But like, I never would use them. Yeah, well, see, I actually do use that one. The uh, it's the classic Bic Click. Um, it's a wonderful pen. Um, I like Bic's ballpoints. Um, so yeah, and they're great looking. And uh, my kids use the pencils. I don't use the pencils. Yeah, I don't know what she uses the pencils for because I don't think I've ever seen her use one. But she always takes them. 
<laughs> and then and then my uh, ideal is that she mm. then has to take the uh, craft away from me. Yeah. It's like, you can have all this stuff, but you have to deal with the craft notebooks because yeah. no one in my house needs those. Like, right. you've seen my drawer, right? Like, I've got more than yeah. enough going on over here. Yeah, my kids uh, get the craft too. And then my daughter wears the bands of rubber on her wrist to school. Now, the bands of rubber, I buy packs of them. <laughs> They're so cool. Like, if I ever make a, a, an order from Field Notes or something extra, I always throw a bag of the rubber bands in. Mm-hmm. I use those things everywhere. Like, they yep. they hold together cables for me. Uh, I have them holding together other stationary items. Like, they are mm-hmm. incredibly durable, just awesome rubber bands. Like, yeah. And I like that you get the occasional one in the package, but I always buy extras because I always need them. Yep. And they work well as jewelry. <laughs> like one of those Livestrong bands? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how my daughter wears them. That's amazing. She'll literally wear it for like three days in a row. Then it'll disappear. But yeah, Field notes to school strong, and everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Grid paper. I like the grid paper. Like I could yes. use this. That's totally fine. The grid is unoffensive. It's faint enough. Like it's it's how I like it, right? Like it's there if you need it, but if you don't, you can ignore it. Um, I like the ruler on the cover just because it gives it a bit of character. You know, I'm always banging mm-hmm. on about uh, I want my products like this to have a story to them, to have like a right. cohesive idea. Um, if you're going to be buying into this type of thing, especially subscriptions, I want ideas, cohesive ideas. And this is like a notebook made for people that are doing work. So what do you do? You put a ruler on it in the cover. Like that right. That whole idea, that makes total sense to me. Like I can get on board with that. Uh, I think it's a nice touch. So from a design and idea perspective, I'm happy with these. Um, I have no personal issue with the quality of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. Your mileage may vary, right? It depends right. on your own taste levels. Yeah. And um, quick quick comment on that. Um, we did get some feedback saying that we shouldn't say it's impossible to QC 105,000 notebooks. I think that, that we may have said that in those terms, but both of us agree that yes, you should be able to QC any product, no matter what uh, quantity you're doing, because that's your job. So yes. Oh, well, okay. So on that, oh, it Lord. is te- technically possible. <laughs> yes. To look and check 115,000 notebooks. Mm-hmm. Practically. I don't think so. You have to take mm-hmm. a sample. Who could do that? Like, how big a company would you need to be able to to look and check one hundred and fifteen thousand notebooks? How many smaller than do that? smaller than you think? Really? Because yeah, they're okay. not they don't come off the the line in a big shot of a hundred thousand. They're coming off the line constantly. Someone is physically shrink wrapping all those books. Are they? It's not I a machine. Would, mm, it could be a machine, but I mean, like our shrink wrapper is. You know, we're all not right, doing so, that so, quantity, but it's okay. by hand. My my point. All right, so let me clarify my point on this, then, right? <laughs> okay, so I'll clarify mine too. Apparently, I think you can QC that many. Mike doesn't. <laughs> I think that it, it, well, anything's possible. Uh, I just think that practically that isn't that is a difficult thing to do. That's how it sounds to me. If anybody yeah. can actually point us to an answer for this, great. Otherwise, I think mm-hmm. we're just going to have to stand divided on this issue. That's okay. There is I there is an expectation though. Naturally. Yeah. But then again, again, it's like your mileage may vary, right? Like that might mm-hmm. come off the line. Someone looks at it and they're like, that's fine. True. Right? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about something that is unequivocally awesome. <laughs> yes, please. Which is your interview with Aurora. Yeah. 
I loved this piece. I said to you before we recorded today that I was wondering how it was going to come out. Like, I was wondering mm-hmm. if you were going to maybe just, you know, you, you sat down and interviewed them, would you mm-hmm. transcribe the interview? But instead, mm-hmm. you wrote like a feature piece um, mm-hmm. using the information that you got from the interview with, uh, was it Linda at Aurora? Yes. Yes. And I loved it. It's one of my favorite things that you've written in a long time because it told a real cool story. So I recommend that people go and read this article. It's on the, on the penaddict.com, of course, and it will be in our show notes for this week. So you can go and get it. Uh, spoilers, we're going to talk about it now. So like, I guess mm-hmm. if you don't want spoilers for the article. <laughs> so uh, one thing that jumped out at me, Brad, is this mm-hmm. million dollar pen. <laughs> so I'm sitting there interviewing linda and she's awesome like she is like so outgoing and just wants to tell you everything about aurora and is just really open and honest and we just had a real good conversation um and she's just like fun to be around um because she just she just talks and has fun so we were before we sat down to do the interview the guys at aurora um, we're like, Hey, you know, we're, let's set the interview up for 10 o'clock. But she, cause she's got to leave like in the afternoon, she's flying to Dubai and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, she's going to do her thing, you know, continuing on, on the world tour. Um, because she talked in the interview, like about how the Middle East is one of their, and Asia are some of their biggest customers. She says, yeah, I'm flying out this afternoon, uh, to Dubai to deliver this million dollar pin to like a, some Royal family. And she's like, do you want me to bring it down from the room? I'm like, nope. Don't, don't <laughs> like, let me go anywhere near that thing. <laughs> yeah. In- instant no. I could not say no fast enough. Nope. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible for that pen leaving where it's sitting right now. She's like, you sure? I'll go get it. And she said, she said, I'll send someone to go get it. I'm like, no, <laughs> please do not do that. I do not want. To- no, I'm totally on board yeah. of you on this one. There is no world in which I want to be anywhere near something that costs a million dollars. Right. You're just asking for trouble, right? Right, right. So she says, well, at least let me show you pictures. I'm like, okay, yes, we can do we can do that. So she had them on her phone, uh, all the pictures of the pen. It's just, as you can imagine, it's it's not like a super-sized pen, like, you know, the the, the big um, Stallone-sized crazy pen, but it's like a normal-sized pen that you can just imagine totally encrusted with diamonds and sapphires and all these beautiful jewels. It, it really looked, it looked. I mean, it was definitely a work of art. It was beautiful. Would you use a million dollar pen? Like, would you? Uh... No, no, I would have no interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> but I, I like these pens were classy, not gaudy. I mean, for a million dollar pen, you can do pretty much anything you want, but uh, they look really cool. How do you even? I mean, I can't even. Like, how do you get to a million? Do you mean like how? How? I mean, it's just all on the jewels. I guess so. It's the just, quality it's of the diamonds. Give me the highest, highest rated quality of diamond, and give me three hundred of them, and then I'll put them on the pin, and boom, million dollar pin. I'll do the best for you, right? Yeah, only the best. So I'm I'm glad you said that about the interview because I didn't know how I was going to do it. So I'm not a, a journalist, and I'm not used to writing while I'm talking to someone. So I didn't. I had a microphone that I just set down on the table so I could go back and I prayed that the <laughs> that the audio worked because I wasn't taking notes while I was talking. Mm-hmm. Um and so luckily it did. And, you know, I thought the whole time I'm talking to her 
this isn't going to be like a transcription type interview. I don't like to do, I'm not going to go from question to question and question. I want to have a conversation. So I took that. I listened back to it several times, figured out what I wanted to do. And I was like, let me just do this. Like I'm telling a story of my conversation and then interject like the important parts that Linda discussed and things like that. So like I was hoping it came out well, I've gotten really good feedback on it. So it was kind of nerve wracking to post that because I didn't know, was I doing the best thing to capture the interview? But uh, I'm I'm happy with how it turned out, and I'm glad everyone else is. So yeah, it was very cool. So I didn't really know much about Aurora, which I think was kind of the point, mm-hmm. right? Like you, right. you spend a lot of time in the article talking about how they really refocused on the U.S. market with you know help from yeah. Kenro and others. But yeah. they sound like a really cool company with good values about people, right? Like that seemed like a thing that was peppered throughout the interview. Yeah, they really do. Um, you know. It's a family-run company. The people that have worked there have worked there for decades. Um, it's female-dominated um, as far as like headcount goes. It's not a big company, um, like in the necessarily, but you know, it's got just a disproportionate amount of women working for them. Which Linda says, you know, obviously, you know, is is the best way to go, and and I fully believe that too. Um, she says, you know, it's just a really really cool company. And what Linda's only been there for six years. She came from the fashion industry, and what was she she was telling me that her job is to basically listen. Like she goes out to the market, she works with her distributors, and tries to understand what Aurora needs to do for yep. specific yep. markets. Like Aurora does not have a worldwide strategy; they have an individual strategy tailored for the market they're in. So she's able to work with someone like Kendo, Kenro Industries in the U.S to say, hey, what's good in this market? What are the tastes? What are the trends? Yeah. Um, and she can get that information directly and, you know, can ask, you know, and I don't know the full extent of that conversation, but I'm assuming in the past it went, why aren't we doing as good in the U.S. as we are in Europe and Asia and the Middle East? And um, they figured out a few things, talked about different products, um, made some pricing changes to get them more competitive, and um, they hit on on everything they were trying to do. And now Aurora is like a thing, right? That's all you can ask for from as a company is to what you make becomes a thing. And Aurora has now done that. Where two years ago they were just Aurora, now people are looking to them and looking at their designs and looking at their quality and you know, checking out their, their products and understanding more about them and trying some, trying some Aurora pins out, seeing what they're all about and and enjoying them. So to see them directly try to get into a market and adjust in a pretty short time frame, it, it's kind of cool to see a business do that. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I mean, like she told me, and I don't know if I explained this perfectly in the interview, we're the only market that got the price decrease on the Optimus. She doesn't have to decrease the Optima in Japan because that's their number one selling pin and has been for like 40 years. Right. Huh. So it's, it was, it was interesting to talk to her about how they're able to be flexible like that with different product lines and different regions based on everything that goes into what, what makes a pin sell. So it was very cool. 
So, you know, the, the, from, from their perspective, the articles worked because I've become interested in buying an Aurora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I bought my first one last year. Yeah. And, and you, I mean, you can't shut up about that thing. Well, and I'm going to tell you a story right now, which is a massive downer. I broke mine. So it is now back at Aurora getting fixed. I don't know what I did, but I broke the barrel somehow or the yeah. barrel broke. So, and I miss it. Like I miss having that pin because it is, I love it so much. Like I can't wait to get it back and try it again. <laughs> and you have to demonstrate it, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So somehow it split like in the middle. I don't know what I did. I mean, I carry it all the time, so I don't know if I did something or there was something wrong with it, but uh, my Optima is in the shop getting getting an overhaul. So. You could say it's in the Shoptima. <laughs> I mean, you my could say Optima it, but you shouldn't is say in the Shoptima. Uh-huh. You should say it because now Thank there's going to be like 50 show titles that's saying my Optima's in the Shoptima. So I just wanted to spell that out for everyone again. Just so we can make sure that it definitely gets into the contention for title of the episode. <laughs> but like that doesn't even phase me. Like, oh, I hate Aurora now. My stupid pen broke. Like, I cannot wait for this pen to come back to me. So you have the what the red demonstrator, right? It's like seven hundred and eighty bucks or something. Uh, it's less. It's they're like, or uh, I think I paid like around five for it. So like the MSRP is like that, but the price they're allowed to sell them for in the U.S. is like around five hundred ish. Okay, so there are places so, that you can get them from for a bit of price. Almost, oh, almost everywhere. Okay, everywhere in the U.S. that sells Optima sells them in that price range. So yeah, so they have a bunch of awesome pins coming out. Like, they're, one of the reasons Aurora was in the country was to talk about their new Flex nib pin, which we're going to have a review. Susan's doing the review on that one. She has the pin right now. Um, that review is going to be coming out soon. Um, so they brought their Nibmeister into New York. They had an event in New York before they flew out to LA. Um, and they you know, had him do like a demonstration and talked about, you know, how involved the nib making is and how it's like a completely hands-on process um, from from start to finish to to get the quality. And that's really like Aurora is really known for like their materials, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and their nibs. So they make just, just beautiful stuff. So the Flex nibs coming soon. Um, you'll probably see a bunch of reviews coming out. Like in the coming weeks, they're about to hit the market here in the next week or so. Um, they look pretty cool. The Optima Rosa Red is actually, like I'm trying not to buy that one because <laughs> I want my demonstrate. I like my demonstrator better, but uh-huh. this one's really pretty. Like the color of red in this Rosa Red is the color of the ends of my demonstrator. Yeah. So it's, and which I of course love that. And it's a beautiful beautiful uh, material and a lot of their materials are like historic for the company like she was telling me they use still use materials and designs that they were using like in the 30s and 40s um the same same patterns and same colors because they're just so well known so um but i'm not going to buy the rasa because i have the demonstrator i'm probably not going to buy the flex because i'm saving up for what's called the 88 nebulosa did you get a look at this pen? Yeah, I took a look at it. Not interested? It's not for me. Not for you? This no. is one of the best looking pens I've seen in years. Why do you um, say this that? Is, 
I just love purple. Like it even, it's even gold or it might even be rose gold. The depth of this purple. I am just a huge purple fan. Have you seen this pen? Not in person. Also, and that's what I'm about to say. The last year's model was called the Sole, S-O-L-E. And it was that yellow acrylic. I've almost bought that pen like five times and I'm glad I didn't because I want this one. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, like Sole maybe if I so saw good. this, I'm, I might like just go head over heels, right? But like yeah. just the, the images of it, it, it's not it's not my complete bag. Now I, I am yeah. looking at, at one on the Nibsmith, the Aura 88 satin black. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's we were, my that's my bag right there. <laughs> yeah, we reviewed that one, I believe, on the pen. I think Jeff reviewed that one uh, last year. But this uh, Nebulosa, like I, that's insta buy for me. Like I'm I'm getting this pen. <laughs> so I'm just about so. to start a new note in my Apple Notes, which is mm-hmm. pen show shopping list. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be leaving a pen show with uh with an Aurora of some of some kind. Mm. I almost bought the full demonstrator in LA. Like I saw it, it was brand new. It's a great price right in there in that $500 range. I I almost bought that one because it actually looks really, really different than my red one, even though it, the red one's just the finials. Yeah. This one's like pure clear finials and everything. And it just looks really, really nice. I almost bought that one, but I, I held out because I spent too much money elsewhere. <laughs> But anyway, I, I'm I'm all about this Nebulosa. It's hard not to consider the Rosa, but um, yeah, I can't go too crazy because our like this year has already started off with a bang, which is just uh, one of those things. A bang for the wallet. Yeah, yeah. And I got I got Little Rock coming up next week. Oh wow! So y'all better come out and see me in Little Rock. That's Hype gonna be man. a fun show. Hype man, Hype Brad. man, whoop, whoop. Hype man's gonna be on it. Uh, for that show, um, it's going to be fun. Um, this is going to be a fun show, and uh, I, I can't wait. And everyone that was at Baltimore last week looked like they had a blast. That looked like a really, really fun show. So, yeah, uh, pin show season is uh, off to a roaring start. It's firmly here, isn't it? Yeah, so let's tell all of our pin show promoters once again <laughs> what website they should use to do their... Um, pin show websites with Squarespace. Use the yes. offer code INC at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award winning templates, and more. As Brad said, if you are a pen show promoter, Squarespace <laughs> is perfect for you because you can create a page really easily. You have 24-7 support in case you have any questions. You can put maps in there. Maybe you want to sell some merchandise. You can use their online store functionality to do it. You can talk about upcoming things on the with the blog functionality that they have. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you create any kind of website that you're looking for, especially if you're trying to create a website for an event like a pen show. There's nothing to install no patches to worry about no upgrades needed they let you easily grab the domain name that you're looking for and take advantage of beautiful templates that have responsive design to show off your great ideas squarespace plans start at just 12 dollars a month you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com and then when you decide to sign up use the offer code inc i-n-k to get 10 percent of your first purchase and show your support for the pen addict we thank squarespace for their Support of this show on Relay FM, Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. <laughs> so you should. 
I'm sorry, I scrolled back through the chat room, and my Optima is in the Shoptima is the greatest thing I've ever read. I mean, I, I feel like it. it's almost too good to be the title at this point. We'll have to oh, see how we feel me cry. about that. Listeners it's making will know. Me cry. Oh, my goodness. All right, before we get into this next thing, I forgot to put this one little tidbit in these show notes as I tear up here from laughter. Um, The... Lanier Kickstarter, I'm sending out the surveys this afternoon. So hey. um, everyone who's been wondering about that, that should be hitting uh, your respective inboxes this afternoon. So I just wanted to throw that out there because that is on my list for today. All right. So a few products that I wanted to hit real quick. Um, one we didn't get a chance to talk about last week, and I wanted to for a couple of reasons. It's the uh, Baron Fig Infinity. Did you see this? Uh, this is the Vanguard size, which is my preferred Baron Fig size. Um, Wait, is that the pocket one or the big one? It's the medium one. Medium one. It's yeah, the I don't think I've ever bound. had or touched one of these, so I don't know yeah. how big it is. So it's a soft bound cover, and it comes in two sizes, like a five by seven, and then something a little bit bigger. All right. So, um, it's just really nice. The Infinity, I think, is probably their best looking design yet, and it's Striking. gotten actually no, it's gotten actually no hype, like zero. And I think that's because it's all hype from them right now, right? It's mm-hmm. always something, so it's hard for the cream to rise to the top, you know, it, it, unless you're the askew, which you know that got news on both sides of the ledger. So that was just wildly loved or wildly hated so that gets a lot of press the infinity got almost none and it's maybe the single best product they've released and and as far as design wise it's very simple it's very good colors like if you like purples and pinks like me that it's got pink stitching it's really really good um but it's lost in the shuffle and i think that's just a it's a symptom of something that they've created right yeah it's a shame I think as well the uh, the Vanguard is maybe their least focused product from an outside maybe. perspective. Maybe you know I think the confidants uh, are definitely sitting right up the top, right? Like that's I assume that's their bestseller. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and then you know you've got like the pens and the pencils which are different, and then like the other notebooks I think maybe get lost a little bit more. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Like it's difficult to be super hyped over something when it's constant, right? Right. Right, and, and that's what's going to happen when you do. Mm-hmm. What are they? Quarterly subscriptions of five products or something? Four products? Four, like, four products. So essentially, one a month. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of stuff. But I will say these are great looking. Like they're yeah. really good looking, and also like pink stitching is awesome. Big big yeah. fan of that. Uh, just yeah. a nice little touch. I like that a lot. And also, you know, I'll say like if you're a person that likes this type of notebook for meeting notes and stuff like that, you cannot beat soft cover. Like. Yeah, soft cover, soft cover is so much better than hard cover. Like I used to get soft cover moleskins back in the day, mm-hmm. and they're freaking awesome. Like that's the best product, in my opinion, that they make. Agree. The red soft cover one, like mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. It's like oversized, like it's bigger than the usual ones. That is a great product that they make. Yep. Um. So yeah, I would recommend this because it looks like a good size. Uh, they're thin. They're not thick. Um. Mm. But you know, you get a three pack, so I think it's a good looking. So, thumbs yeah. up from me. Yeah, that's fantastic, and I, I gave a pack away last week, so um, they're very, very cool. So this next pin, this next pin, um, the inner, the interview, the review just went live this morning. Um, I got 
um, Dan from Kara's Customs introduced me to Michael from Michael's Pins at the LA Pin Show. He's like, you should go talk to this guy. He makes some pretty cool stuff. And I'll, I went over. I hadn't seen him before. I hadn't seen his pins before. And I went over and talked to him. And he's got some really interesting designs, a lot of which don't speak to me because they're big and heavy. But he came out with this new pin. And it's called the S Model, New York Edition. And what Michael does, he's just... Uh, um, basically makes machine pens. Um, and that's why how d- him and Dan got to talking and, and got me uh, hooked up with Michael just to see Michael's work. It's really well done. It's really refined. It's really quality. Um, and I love Jeff's review that came out on it this morning. He did, he kind of, I got to talk with Michael and I got the pen and I was like, I think Jeff would do a really good job with this review. And I thought he did a fantastic, like he kind of got the pen without me saying a word about it. I just sent it to Jeff um, in a package of stuff. I said, there's one pen in here. I definitely want you to review. I didn't even say which one. He And he sent me the review and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the one you wanted me to review, right? And I was like, yep. And uh, he did a really good job. I'm impressed with this pen just from the quality of it. What it reminds me of, the very first thing I thought of the S pen was this is the big boy zebra F701. So the F701 is like the number one off the shelf everyday carry pen. This pen is shaped like that, but better in every single way. Um, it's, you know, refillable. You can use better refills, things like that. It's retractable. It's got a clip. It's made of metal. It has a nice grip. Everything about this pen is really good. Um, what what are your thoughts on a pen like this? I don't know if this is necessarily your style, but uh, I just think it looks great. So I'll say it's a hundred percent not my style, right? Like I would mm-hmm. never use a pen like this f- for mm-hmm. a bunch of reasons, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not going to have the re- type of refill experience that I like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really use pens like this anymore. But right. there was a lot going on on this pen, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I like all of it. Yeah, right. right? That's the thing. When it I should sat down not with work, them. like. Yeah. If you showed me all of these pieces, just laid them all out, I'm gonna I'm gonna yep. make one pen out of this. I'd be like, no, don't do yep. it. <laughs> like, yep. Whatever you do, step away. Exactly. So this is the most normal pen he makes, huh? So I want you to go to the link, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. What he's known oh, for, boy, what? What, he, what he's known <laughs> for is a pen called the Fat Boy. This is what made him a thing. Um. To, to get uh, you know like into the pen market was it were these fat boy pens? They are insane. I mean, they're really cool. I could never use one. They're super well done. He's got this Tesla coil one, so um, <laughs> it's really nice. It is just wild and out there. Yeah. Um, but this is how he got popular with these fat boy pens. Uh, let me um, say was, that right? was his calling like, card. I would never, ever, ever use one of these. <laughs> but yeah, me they look freaking awesome. Like yeah. the black and red one with the lightning bolts on it, like <laughs> it's amazing, right? Like they yeah. look so cool, but I don't think I would ever use it. But I, I, I love everything that's clearly gone into this. Yeah, like he gave me he. I think he wanted me to. Uh, so he gave us that pen to review. I think he wanted me to take one of the swirly ones, uh-huh. um, because it's like made to fit like your grip. It's actually you know it's not just a it's designed appropriately to fit your grip but that's so particular uh for someone i was like you know what i think this this s pen would do the best on the site and um what's funny is he just started the s pen everything has always been like the fat boy style and the really really huge style um so yeah 
So basically, I, I mean, it's, it's the same design ideas, but just made yes. into a regular size, right? Because there yep. are pens on the Fountain Pen Hospital link that's in the show notes, which mm-hmm. look like this one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's really cool. I like it. It's, he's got a real, a real interesting style. I mean, it isn't for yeah. me, but I can see like so many people wanting to use something like this. Yep. Like if you work with your hands. Right, mm. like if you if you own a mechanic business, right, you this this would be a great thing to sit on your desk, right. You know, right. this is a cool gift pen for the person in your life that might have those crossovers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think this is I think they're pretty awesome. Or like if yeah. you uh, make hot rods or something, yeah, there's one yeah, with totally. flames on the side. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just totally cool. Yeah, um, like I, I like said, it. not necessarily for me. Like the S model is about where I would stop on this, but I would use the heck out of that pen. And uh, these, like, talking with him and seeing these pens in person, they're extraordinarily well made. Yeah. Like the quality is, you know, the pictures look as good as the pens in person. I mean, yeah, they, they look, they look at, as they should. They with look care, great. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this yeah. is awesome. I love seeing stuff like this. Yeah. So. Very cool, Michael. I I, I appreciate you uh, letting us uh, review one of your pens, and uh, now I kind of have a new fascination, and now I guess I'm going to have to buy one because I gave that one to Jeff <laughs> because it, it's it's so cool. I just uh, I I was really happy that Jeff liked it. Like when I send like the reviewers pens, I don't say anything. Like you know, we don't discuss. Here's what you should talk about. Like I didn't even tell him this pen was coming. I was like, just review this. Like I don't care what you say. And I'm glad that he liked it. So it was a his his thoughts uh, meshed with with my thoughts on the pen. So that was kind of cool. Awesome. Another thing I got in the mail last week it was a hotly anticipated item from CW Pencils, their subscription box number one. So did you see my uh, my Instagram post with uh, everything that was in it? So mm-hmm. it's got lots of stuff in it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed opening this box and seeing what was in it. Like, that's the thing about this type of subscription service. When they're not the manufacturer of the product, but rather they're the curator of the box. Um, Like Field Notes or Baron Fig, they're the manufacturer for their subscriptions. CW has to curate the set, make it a cohesive thing, and send it out into the world and hope it's it's well-recepted. Hope everyone's receptive to it. Um... I loved it. They did a really great job putting this together. What they did was their first one is called the classic box. So out the gate, they essentially wanted to do like a retro themed. Here's kind of where like, you know, the yellow pencil style came from and one of the original reporters notebooks. And there's like this whole fold out, like that thing on the left, Mike is like a a three page fold out. Um, oh really? Little book, like you open it up, it's completely filled with like a paragraph description of each item in the box. I wonder so for a like, moment if they were all handwritten, but it doesn't they, look like that's the case. They totally—I don't know how they got this to print, but I keep touching it, like it's going to smear. <laughs> it's really good. It looks great. Like they've nailed the printing of making it look like pencil. It's very, mm-hmm. very well done. Yep. Yep. So I don't even know how they. They did that, but whoever they work with for that is it's killer. Mm-hmm. And the whole inside's handwritten in the same the same way uh, as it is on the front, so it's wonderful. And I assume, I mean, I assume that's Caroline who's written that. Oh, uh, I don't know. It, it could have been anybody there, right? But like that—that's sure. that's the the dream, right? Like the idea. 
Yes, that's the idea. So it says Fonley, Caroline, Alex, Caitlin, and Meredith. And like Meredith did the artwork for the postcard that you see at the top of the image. So that's mm-hmm. a hand-drawn eraser of the eraser that was included in the box. So like that's the kind of cool stuff you're getting. Like that's this something that really they had nice. printed to, to really, add into really your thing. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So what we like, and you've already said it um, in this show earlier, you want a cohesive idea and you want it to tell a story. Well, they did everything right in this box also nice background on your picture there brad my wife is taking full credit for that i just want i have to be clear on that every picture she sees i was like oh you like those backgrounds i got you i was like yeah you know what you did really good on that so Mm -hmm. i got like two new backgrounds to take pictures on and uh they really make all the like the stationary stuff pop so yes props to uh mrs pen addict on on that one and uh, she reminds me all the time. It's like, oh, that background looks good. I'm like, yeah, I know. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like care that. about the picture, but she's like, ooh, that looks good on that background. I'm like, I know. <laughs> so um, four pencils, an eraser, a sharpener, reporter's notebook, postcard. Um, the pencils, What I why I chose to subscribe to this is because I want to try more pencils. And, you know, I was able to, they included something um, that I've always heard about, and that's the general semi-hex, which in the little pamphlet, it says, originating from the early 1900s and made in America's oldest pencil factory, we consider this to be the best yellow American pencil around. Try it in this slightly softer number one grade. So that's what they concluded. So, like, they think this is the best yellow pencil in America that America's produced. So that pencil has a story. It's cool. So each pencil down the line has a story. And the Steno book, the reporter's book, it has a story. This notebook, Mike, did you know that this notepad has a place in the Smithsonian? It was, first, it was first created over 70 years ago when a journalist asked a stationer to cut a spiral-bound notebook in half to fit his pants pocket and the <laughs> rest is history. So this is that model of notebook, you know, based off the original. So it's lots of cool stuff like that. The only negative I have is that, okay, so let's see. So the, there's a blog called The Weekly Pencil, and it's, uh, her name is Deidre, and she does a great job. And she just basically did a price breakdown of all the products that were in there for those who are wondering what they get for their price, things like that. I'm not super concerned about that. But I will say, the Papermate Mongol Pencil, I really wanted because I love the Mongol logo. It's the least expensive product in the box, like Deidre has the cost of this pencil, 17 cents, which is fine, except like my Mongol, the graphite core is broken. So like when you sharpen it, like the lead falls out, right? Like it's, have you ever had a pencil like that where you sharpen it, but the lead just falls out? So it's cracked on the inside. So the only thing I can say on this first box, if I was to give any recommendation is don't let the most inexpensive product in your box take the rest of it down. Mm-hmm. Like, like in this case, I don't think it necessarily did because I love all the other products so much more. But don't let something that's so inexpensive like this be a negative. Yeah, like maybe just don't include it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. or include something else. Um, you know, it's it's part of the story. It's a traditional pencil. The Mongol brand's been around forever. It's still popular in other parts of the world. Um, But, like, mine is unusable. And 
you don't think of it in the entirety of the box, the $30 box, as well, it's just a 17 cent pencil. You think of it as, hey, it was part of my $30 subscription. And I got like a janky pencil out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't let the tiniest item, you know, be something that people remember this box for. If that if that makes sense. That's and it. I get, like, I, get it. I mean, it's a perfect box for me. I love the Cron Dash pencil, the Technograph. It has the coolest stamping on it. Um, I've never seen so much gold stamping on a single line of a pencil before. It says Technograph, then it's got like three gold fish, Cron Dash, Swiss Made, 777. I don't know what that means. This is the jackpot <laughs> pencil or something. HB, and then the uh, the Forest uh, Certified. You know, so it's it's the most stuff I've ever seen on a single pencil. And then the magic pencil, of course. I got a jumbo Match. magic pencil. Got that. This is this is the ticket. Like uh-huh. this is one of my favorite things. And this is I actually prefer this jumbo size. We bought some of the uh traditional sizes um for my kids and you like go through those too fast. Um but I learned about these from Anna and uh, Anna was giving them out at the DC Pen Show last year. But this is the big jumbo magic pencil and yeah, it's amazing. when i so, went there with the with the armaments i think everybody left with one of those oh no doubt it's like how do you not pick one of those things up yeah yeah so i i've loved writing with the magic pencil so far and you know what i said when i opened this box is wow i don't think i have a jumbo pencil sharpener well the sharpener they included in the box is from faber castell it's got two holes it's got standard and jumbo size, so you can sharpen your standard pencils, and you can sharpen your, sharpen your jumbo size pencils. So they kind of thought of everything here, and the uh, the eraser works surprisingly well. It's a very retro styled eraser. It looks like something I'd find on my uh, grandfather's desk when uh, I would I would go through his, all his desk stuff when he was a artist, you know, and uh, and steal whatever I I could get my hands on. So very happy with this release. I look forward to what they do, and um, you know, keep. St- keep telling these stories, keep putting these things together because uh, I love them and I think uh, everyone else will like them too. Yeah, uh, even though I'm not a big pencil person, like just looking mm-hmm. at that arrangement, like I want mm-hmm. I want it. Right. And uh, two things. One, the box is still sold out because <laughs> they sold so well. And two, they don't ship international. But uh, when they do, I, I might, I might just, I might just get, get the occasional because it looks so pretty. Like it's... yeah. Put together so well with such care, like mm-hmm. mm, I like it. It's, it's everything about CW pencils, right? The whole attitude and style of the company, like, speaks to me greatly. Exactly, they do a exactly. fantastic job. Just, just great minds over there. Yep. Today's show is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now, unless you are my co-host, Mr. Brad Dowdy, because he mm. divulged to me before the show that he's currently wearing pink Mac Weldon underwear today. <laughs> which I was we do this, you know, at the start of the calls, like, hey Mike, hey Brad, how are you? Yeah, good, good, good. What underwear are you wearing today? It's just a usual <laughs> way that we just start the show together, you know, it's part of our warm-up. Uh, so roll. what do you think of your, your Mac Weldon underpants, Mr. Brandelli? Well, you know, I take my underpants seriously. Very seriously. Yep. And if I'm not comfortable in what I'm wearing, I'm not going to wear them. So clearly, I'm quite comfortable you in Mac Weldon's boxer shorts, especially mm-hmm. these pink ones. Um, these pink ones are my favorite. Um, I need to order multiple of them. They have little white uh, polka dots on them. <laughs> And, uh, is, they I, are the fan. most Brad Dowdy underpants I think I've ever heard. I mean, this was this was a lock that I was getting these, right? 
I mean, it's just a stone cold lock. Uh-huh. And, uh That I'm wearing them, um, unbeknownst to who our advertisers were today, um, just should tell you everything you need to know. Oh, they're you know, good looking. I, I'm looking at the yeah, Macwater website right now. You cannot, um, you cannot be be cheap or not thoughtful with with your underpants with your undergarment selections, Mike. It's, um, true. it's very important. Some would very say true. the most important most um, piece of gear that you're that you're wearing on a daily basis. And uh, I, I really love my Mac Weldon pink and white polka dot boxer shorts. As Brad said, the most important. So if it's the most important, you need to go to a great place. Mack Weldon is that place because they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. They don't just make pink polka dot underpants. They also make uh, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you're going to love. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, and they want you to be comfortable at all times. So if you don't like your first pair of Mack Weldon clothing, maybe it's you buy some pants or socks, whatever it is that you're looking for, you just keep it, and they'll refund you. They don't want you to send it back. No questions asked. They want you to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable, then that's fine by them. And they were just sad that they've, you know, that they haven't given you what you want. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're going to because their stuff's amazing. Mm-hmm. They they look good. They perform well. Whether you're just going to work, going on dates, everyday life, it doesn't matter. Mac Weldon has got you covered. Listeners to this show can get twenty percent off at MacWeldon.com with the code PenAddict. Thank you so much to Mac Weldon for their support of this show on Relay FM. That is code PenAddict at MacWeldon.com for twenty percent off. So we like to do this part of the show is usually reserved for our Ask TPA segment. Mm-hmm. And we always have lots of questions to get to either through Twitter or through snail mail. Um this time I had a rash of email ask TPA and not just standard email. Ask TPA Mike. These are several hundred word emails, so I'm calling this the huge emails edition of Ask TPA. There's a few shorter ones, but we got some monsters in here. But they were so good, I wanted to read them or read parts of them and for us to discuss. What do you think about that? That's that a great idea. Yeah. So I I think um, there's some really interesting topics, and this first one is little more than a topic it's it's asking you to do a little more than just listen we want you to go take a survey for our friend Stephen Moy who's in the chat room today so this message is from uh from Stephen he says we met at the DC pin show I'm currently doing a study on fountain pen weights would it be possible for you to make a quick mention of it on the show I only have 90 responses so far which to me for fountain pen weights that's a lot of responses yeah I and, wouldn't say only 90 to yeah survey. that's a, that's what I thought too <laughs> he said he's active in uh, reddit in the reddit community and he has a link in the show notes to take this survey um, he says the study is looking at the weight of the established fountain pen users, most frequently used fountain pen, and the number of pages written daily as a primary focus. So he's doing a study on weights and writing. Um, and this is really cool. And hopefully Stephen will, will share the, the, the data with us, the, the results, and see what, his, uh, what he finds out at the end. But we'll have a link to this in the show notes, and y'all should all go take this. I haven't done it yet, but I'll try to do that this afternoon because I think it, like, it's nothing I would have ever considered, right? No. We talk about weights when we're writing. This pen's light. This pen's medium. This pen's super heavy. This pen's too heavy to write with. So, But I've never considered like out of my most used pens, where do they lie on that spectrum? So, Yeah, and if and what effect that could have on the amount of time that you spend with them, that kind of thing. Right. Interesting. Right. 
Right. So uh, he says he's looking at about three months to uh, get all the results tabulated and come up with his conclusion. So uh, we will be talking about it later and um, we'll get the results from Stephen then. All right. So this next one, before I get into the long reading ones, I'm going to have to get have a drink. I'll have another short one here. Uh, this is from Simon needs an all weather pen. And I wanted to put this just because of the first sentence of this email. Mike it says, hi, I'm going to be trekking in Nepal for a month and want to take some supplies for writing. If you want me to answer your email on the podcast, that's how you start it. <laughs> I, I, I tend to be scared to give people advice in these situations. You know, it's not like, oh, I need a good pen for the high school graduation or need a good pen to take notes in the office. Like, if we recommend something to him and it doesn't work out, Brad, then, then we're yeah. in trouble. I know, I know. But um, this is actually easier because the answers are fewer, right? It really narrows the focus. So he says, the Fisher space pen bullet space pen seems like a no-brainer, but I have big hands and even posted, I can't really use it. I know the mm-hmm. refill is kind of key, but I don't want to know what barrel it fits in. Any recommendations for a barrel model or general altern- alternatives? I think this is actually a very easy question to answer. Um, so yes, stick with the Fisher space pen refill, but get a County Com embassy pen. Um, it is a capped pen. Um, it's not retractable. Um, heck, you could maybe, if you want retractable, you could probably go for one of Michael's pens. That would probably uh, yeah. last a month in there and it'll fit the Fisher Space pen because it uses Parker refills. But I use the County Com. It's a capped pen, but it's big, sturdy. You can even get, um, I have an aluminum model. They do a stainless or titanium model that's heavier. Um, and it will take any beating you can throw at it. It's one of the best pens I own, uh, an all-time favorite of mine. So look at County Calm, the Embassy pen. We'll put a link in the show notes. They are fantastic, and they're they're going to be able to withstand a trip like that without question. And if push comes to shove, you can use it as some kind of attack weapon. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not, uh, it's not uh, super this. tactical. Yeah. It's not. This is not a, a tactical pen. Um, although it's it's tactical in style, it does not have. The glass breaking, throat slashing Doesn't features. Have any blades or like <laughs> they, you can't shoot anything out of the side no, of it. You know no. you, you can't do that. Not this one. Not, Not this one. <laughs> Maybe as a whole, as a whole it's different type of scenario uh, that, that you might be looking for. I don't know. Yeah. If you want, if you want more on that, go listen to my episode of Gear Geeks Live with <laughs> with Tony. We talk about all those silly pens. That's a whole much. thing that I just yeah. can't. Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing, that's for sure. All right, this next one, Mike, says, Hey, Brad and Mike, my name is Connor. I live in Portland, Oregon, and today I met a fellow pen addict for the first time. His name is Zeb, and he spotted me literally from across the room because I was writing with a Kaveco Lilliput inked with black swan and Australian roses, in case anyone was wondering. That's a true pen addict right there. He gives you all the details. <laughs> um, because we want to know, right? Yeah. What's the like, point? It's like, oh, I have blue ink in it. No, that is yeah. unsatisfactory. <laughs> Yeah, in case anyone was wondering, uh, yeah, all of us were wondering what mm-hmm. ink you were using in your Kaveco Lilliput. So Connor says, I've turned several friends of mine, but I haven't met someone else out in the wild who has the same love of pens as I do. It was a really neat experience to be able to break out all my pens that I had in my bag and share them with a total stranger. Um, in parentheses, he says, I didn't realize I had eight inked pens with me. <laughs> that That's all of us, Connor. So you're in, you're in good company. He was super nice, super enthusiastic, and turned me on to trying Orochizuku Siuro 
I wanted to give him a shout out on the podcast if I could. He said he's a fellow listener, and I thought it might be cool for him if he heard his name come up on an episode. You guys read an Ask TPA I submitted once, and hearing my name on the show gave me a huge grin. I thought I could do the same for Zeb, and this would be more of a surprise. So, if I could, I'd like to give Zeb from Ridgefield a shout out. It was super cool to meet you, Zeb. So, uh, welcome, Zeb. Glad you're a listener. Glad you and Connor uh, found a mutual love of fountain pens out in the wild. Um, we talk about that all the time. Like I don't live in a big town, so I don't get many out in the wild experiences, but I think it's cool when you see someone using something that you know is not a normal thing. Like seeing someone out in the wild using a Kaveco lily put, you, you know, yeah. they're dialed into this thing yeah. that we're into. They're dialed into what you're into as well. And this is why like we talk about pin shows and mm-hmm. meeting people for the first time in person. It's the connections automatic. It's not forced or difficult. Uh, it just happens. It's like instant click. And um, it's easy to have those conversations. It's fun. Um, it's something we all enjoy doing. And uh, yeah, I just think I just thought this was a great email that I wanted to share because this happens and this community is so great that, you know, anyone can just walk up to anyone else and have these kind of conversations. And, you know, hopefully you've made a new friend. So it's so very cool. Zeb and Connor, if, if you two have never been to a pen show, you need to go to a pen show because you had a mini pen show that that's what it's like for the whole time. So get yourself to a pen show. And Are you saying and... that because he used the Kaveco Lilliput? No, just because they 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 enjoyed <laughs> kind of like showing things to each other, right? Like and and like enjoying trying other stuff out. Like that's what a pen show is all about, right? Yeah. And yeah. so if they've never done that, they clearly enjoyed that experience. I think that they would get a real kick out of going to a show. Yeah, I was making a mini pen show joke, but oh god, fell flat. Wow, no, I didn't get that. I thought that you were saying I was criticizing his pen usage or something. <laughs> That will not be the title of the show. We can we can we can at least agree on that one. All right. So maybe the 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 intro to this um email, you know it will. So it's it's this is for this is STPA, Best Fountain Pen Inc. And the message is Dear Anna's husband. <laughs> so that that has become a thing warms my heart to no end. Um Anna and I love it. I got it in LA. Um you know, I'm going to see Anna and her real husband uh, next week. So uh, this is going to be this is going to be fun. So the Little Rock Pin Show is going to be fun uh, with Anna's husband, uh, her literal husband being there. So it'll be fun. But me and me and Bob get along super well. So it's going to be fun. So this email says, thanks a lot. After listening to your podcast for a year and catching up on all the old episodes, I finally got a fountain pen, a pilot metropolitan. Followed quickly thereafter, within a week, by a Twisby Eco and then a Lamy Safari. Yep, you f- you did it. You one hundred percent did it. <laughs> so that's the that's the that's the entry trifecta right uh-huh. there. Uh, all with fine nibs, and I love them. As for inks, I'm with Mike, loving the Pilot Orochizuku Fuyugaki, yeah. which is great for my personal notes. I really love it for how fine it writes, and then it doesn't bleed or feather no matter the paper I put it to. Oh, and also, like, you, I think you missed this line in there that they said, and it's the best ink ever made, and Brad is silly. <laughs> yeah, I, think you yeah I, that I, 
I didn't miss that part. Thanks um, for unless putting that's that like in. Okay, it's an really invisible ink, it. some different, you know, alternate uh, show document that you're looking at. No, no, it's from the original document. email. Like he copied mm. me in, he blank copied mm. me into it, but you gotcha. thought I didn't see it. Gotcha. Yeah. So here's the real issue <laughs> that I need to bring up to the um, to the listeners because what he tried was what I would have recommended. So he says, but blue ink is another issue entirely. I bought a bottle of pilot Orochizuku Kanpeki and I love the color, but no matter the paper, it bleeds and looks sloppy. Hmm. I tried Noodler's Bernanke and had the same problem and the color wasn't nearly as pretty. So here's the catch. I want a bluish ink that stays fine. No matter the paper, I'm a litigator and I use a lot of legal pads in preparation for hearings and depositions. Despite the illustrious title, I can't afford to buy the amount of Rhodia legal pads that I would need to have nice paper to write on to prevent these issues. So what say you, Mr. Dowdy? What's the best bluish ink for my situation? Thanks for all the knowledge and enjoyment. Keep it up. Very truly yours, Curtis. It's a shame that he's having bad luck with Compeki. I have not. You know, I found that ink to be great. One of the reasons I ended up picking it was because for me, I didn't have those issues, right? Right. But the, the paper is the consideration here, right? Exactly. So if he's using a legal pad, that's a very fibrous, not really accepting of fountain pen ink. So on just on the paper side of things, if you can find... At one point, Staples carried a sugarcane paper um, in the legal pad size. That's going to handle fountain pen inks better. So on the paper side, you could try that. But really for the ink... The first thing I would have recommended was the Bernanke ink. And if that doesn't work, I'm a little bit out of a lo- at a loss. But the only thing I would go to next, and it's not going to necessarily give you the solution for the best looking blue inks, but I think you're going to want to try stock pilot blue or blue black or stock pelican blue or blue black. Um, they might can handle those papers better but i don't have like a really awesome answer for this so hopefully um listeners can can email me with any answers of inks that they use on legal pads traditional legal pads you know tops and pad any of those any of the type of the ones you find at the office or find in an office office supply store um that you can buy you know in like five ten packs things like that so fine nib blue ink and has to handle the legal pad paper very well. And I, I think, and maybe Lamy, I might throw Lamy in as that ink too. Um, I'm not sure how the turquoise would handle that ink, uh, handle that paper, excuse me. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a hard question because I thought Bernanke, Bernanke ink would be probably kind of a good shot there. Um, it, there is a, a Noodler's ink called X-Feather that doesn't feather or bleed, but it only comes in black, I think, so... I'm not sure mm. what else. So, mm. any other thoughts? I would be open to legal, legal pad inks that work well. And, and speaking of the aforementioned Tony, I'll ask that, have to ask him because he's a lawyer and he writes on legal pads a lot. And I know he uses uh, fountain pens, so I'll have to figure out what ink he uses. I think he might just use the Pilot Blue cartridges. So that's what made me think of that. All right, you ready? Yeah. Ready for this one? We're going to wrap it up with the big boy here. Okay. Ooh, wow. Yep. And these are the these are the kind of emails I like though. We've gotten these before, and I just like. So we're going to have a uh, little story time here because this is a monster email, but I like reading the whole thing because it kind of tells a cool story about people who have found this podcast and 
who have discovered the love of writing and pencils and things like that. So I love these stories. Keep them coming. And this one's from Joseph. And the subject line is, where do I go from here? (laughs) Deep end. That's the answer. Deep end. At the beginning of last December, I did not own a single fountain pen. Through the years, I have had at least a mild interest in finding the right things to write with and write on. When I was younger, I was gifted a couple of cross pen sets that I used to the point the finish was worn through where I held it. I've hunted for the perfect wooden pencil in an office supply store, which I loved to browse in as a kid. I have splurged on bound notebooks that I can abuse but really not damage. When my sister gave me a brown leather Retro 51 Tornado she used for her wedding's guest book because I like nice pens, her words. I thought, I guess so. She was right, and I still love that pen today. I bought a pack of Field Notes Shelterwood because I thought they looked cool in a store. It has always been more impulsive, but constant. So I think a lot of us can see ourselves in, in this email from Joseph already. So he says, last year I got tired of using notebooks I did not really like, and I set out to find my perfect notebook. A heavier quadril paper with a top binding using staples or thread, no glue. Sound familiar? I'm an engineer, and as a previous engineer named Joseph pointed out on your show, I will always write to solve problems, particularly when math is involved. That's when we were talking about in the past, like, why writing is never going to go away, right? I mean, in math and science, it's super important to be able to write and explore your handwriting on a, on a page to try to solve a problem. So he says, that means I want a cheap notebook, too, because I go through paper and because I'm an engineer. Over the course of several months, I ended up finding Rhodia Classic Orange Pads online, then found jet pens. ordered a stack of Apica CD notebooks and Rhodia pads in different sizes and colors, and on a whim, I ordered a Platinum Preppy because it helped me reach free shipping. That was my first mistake. At the end of February, I now have a Platinum Preppy, a Platinum Metropolitan, a Lamy Safari in Dark Lilac with KWZ Berry, which somehow fell into my box with other purple samples. Thanks, Van S. <laughs> Twisby Eco, Extra Fine, inked up with Mont Blanc Irish Green, and another Platinum Preppy in Extra Fine and Black. All my inks are samples or original cartridges, and I have also tried Ackermann 13 Simpliste Violet, Ackermann 05 Shocking Blue, and Noodler's Violet. It has not been that long, and I have not been able to rotate pens and ink much yet. I did dip test all the inks with some of the pens, but I'm still scratching my head a bit at some of the differences. My eco seems to flood any paper with the Irish green, while the safari felt dry, nearly scratchy, with any of the inks I tried. From everything I read, I guess I would have not expected either of those things from everything I have read or images I have seen online. I was wondering what your thoughts are on trying things out at the lower cost end and where money would best be spent early on. The pens I purchased so far all kind of led me on to the next one as I like them, but I also don't expect to gain much from just buying the next one up at this point. I'm really just trying to get my bearings in the market and the community so I can have a better idea of what to expect and make an informed decision once I do decide to put more money into a single purchase. So let's stop right there. There's a little bit more that's a separate question that I want to take separately. So number one, this is an amazing story. This is how a lot of us got into this, right? Mm-hmm. We always had like this deep-seated thing to write with something better yeah. than the junk we were writing with that like, we found at the office. Go back to the start of the show, and maybe like 15 episodes in, me and you start this journey, 
right? Mm-hmm. Safari mm-hmm. to Preppy to Metropolitan. You know, like we, we, mm-hmm. we go down that route together. Right. Right. So this is awesome that, you know, Joseph has, has found this and found us and has found some enjoyment in finding the things that help him enjoy his writing better and help him solve problems, you know, doing math and being an engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just writing. He's writing to do work, you know, as well as writing for fun and yep. wants an enjoyable experience. So out of these pens he's bought, you know, he said he's tried a few things. So one of the things, Joseph, that I'm unclear on, which is going to change your experience is you said you did dip test all the inks with some of the pens. And that's not going to give you a good test for the eco flooding the paper with Irish green while the safari felt dry. You need to fully ink the pens to get the real experience because I've never had an eco flood ink. But if you're just dipping it, you're going to get a different sample or experience of the ink delivery onto the paper than if it was filled and flowing and metered properly from the barrel through the feed, through the nib onto the paper. Same thing with the Safari. Um, The Safari has a solid feed. There's hardly going to be any ink in there when you're dipping it, but if you're using it filled with a cartridge or converter, whatever you're doing, it's going to be different. It could still be dry, um, but it's going to be different than your experience with just dipping that nib in your random inks and feeling what that's all about. So I'd be curious about that. Your point about not expecting to gain much from just buying the next one up at this point. I agree with that. I think you're good with what you have. Like the Eco, the Safari, and the Metropolitan, and the Preppy honestly give you all kind of different writing experiences in the fines and extra fine nibs. Like I don't know that unless there's some valid reason for you in the way you write and the way you know you do your work to switch up with what you have. Like you have good pens, you have good inks, everything should work as intended. Um, you know, fill them up properly. Don't just dip test them. Um, I know you're trying, if you're just buying samples right now, you know, you're probably trying to conserve ink, but you need to go ahead and fill them up to see what the performance is really like. That's how you're going to know for sure whether you're in a good space with, with the pens that you need. So anything else I need to say about that, Mike? I think that's... Uh, I don't think so. I, I think you yeah. made a really good point of like, you've really got to got to, got to try them properly. Like you've got to... Mm-hmm. Like dip, dipping is like a, a good tester, but it, it's not going to give you the, the results that you're looking for, as you said, Brad. Yeah. So this last little bit says, also, is it worth going to a pin show if you do not intend to buy anything in particular? Okay, I would buy tons of ink samples if they were available, he says. The Little Rock Show is a bit of a drive for me, but I have family and friends in that area, so it would not be a wasted trip no matter what. I just do not know what to expect. This is a really good question because I've had this come up before. I've had people come up to me at a show saying, I just wanted to come and see what it was all about. So you can absolutely go to a pin show if you don't Mm -hmm. intend on buying anything. And I've seen people like... I couldn't, <laughs> you know, we're all different, but I know people do this because I have talked to people like at DC that said, we just came to see what was it all, what it was all about. Um, thanks for talking to us today and we'll see you later. And yep. it's awesome. And they said they had the best time. Like 
they said, this is awesome. And now I have an idea of this. And maybe next year I'll come with a list. So absolutely, it's worth going to a pen show just because you can see things, touch things, feel things. You know, if you're, you already bought a Lamy Safari, but people who are just getting into this, you know, maybe not, may not know how a Lamy Safari grip section fits their fingers. You can try it there. So don't go in uh, to a show with an expectation to buy something because that's absolutely normal and well, well worth it. I mean, it is very much worth it to go even if you don't spend a single dollar other than to get in. So absolutely would recommend going even if you don't buy. Don't intend on purchase, making a purchase. Just to, just to try things out, see things see things you may not have known existed that might fit your needs better. So yep. it's very cool. It's very cool. So absolutely do that. Um, yeah. And that's it. So, you know, so that was a, a, a good email. We get these pretty frequently, like the ramp up the, like the zero to 60 <laughs> in, in various speeds. And where do I go next? Am I good? And I, I love that people are thoughtful enough to like send us these emails and, and ask for our opinion on these things. It's, it's kind of cool. If you want to find our show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 247. Thanks again to our sponsors, Squarespace and Mac Weldon. If you want to find Brad online, you can go over to penaddict.com or knock.co to find his writing and his product. Uh, you can go to Twitter. He is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Brad is penaddict on Instagram, and I'm also iMike on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pen Addict, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.